This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeth. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Joining us on the telephone as he's a busy man down in the Twin Cities this morning is uh, Greg Snow. He's been with us right from the beginning of this podcast. I think he and I did the very first one, as a matter of fact. And, uh, well, uh, it's as big a news day today, uh, Greg, as we've had in years, maybe, since we started doing this podcast. Because Kirk Cousins has been the quarterback of the Vikings ever since we started doing this. And now... He may have taken his last snap, unfortunately, for the Vikings after suffering what certainly looks like a pretty bad Achilles injury yesterday. Uh, so a win at Lambeau Field, I should be celebrating. Instead, I'm, I'm depressed today with Cousins down for the rest of the year. Most of us are, Todd. Uh, I'm on my way to the, uh, uh, TCO Stadium right now to see if they'll let me in the door so I can help them out with these decisions coming up. <laughs> I, don't know if I don't know if they're going to let me in, but, uh, but yeah, they've got... They've got some major decisions, and just just like you said, probably the biggest decisions they've had to make as an organization moving forward. Yeah, it isn't it isn't as cut and dry as just well, roll somebody out there, let's go. Although that's the way I want to go. I can see them talking through every possible scenario, including what is Kirk's future after this incident. It's a huge day over there at Viking Stadium, Todd. Yeah, and a day they'd hoped wouldn't come. Uh, they really hoped that they would play out this season with Cousins, maybe make a run to the playoffs. I mean, Chucks, they've won four out of the last five, and the schedule ahead of them is fairly soft. I think they only have one game against a team with a winning record uh, the rest of the way. The path to the playoffs became pretty clear uh, for the Vikings uh, as they've played much better football. Their defense has drastically improved uh, from last season. I-, I was excited about the second half of the year. It appeared to me as though they were back to being close to that 13-win team than they were the one that started this season 0-3. Uh, but without Cousins, and really without a suitable backup on the roster because we didn't need one before. Cousins had never missed a game due to injury. But now here they find themselves with either a fifth-round rookie or a backup who hasn't played very much because he hasn't been good enough to get on the field. Yeah, tons of talking points and tons of different angles that we could take at this. Let's start with the elephant in the room, Todd, which is Many, many, many people are coming after guys like me saying, this is what you wanted, now you're getting what you wanted. Mm. And the answer is not. that's not true. Yeah, We did not want an under-contract Kirk Cousins not playing. No. Kirk Cousins under contract needs to play. He's our best option. Many of us were just looking for a better option under contract. In the off-season, yeah. Possibly in the off-season, correct. Or via trade, maybe. But at this point, with the, with the team rolling, Addison looking like a number one, Osborne, big day, Hawkinson relearned how to catch a football. Yeah. Things are going pretty good, Todd. Yeah. And again, hard to, hard to sit back and say that Cousins wasn't playing at maybe even a better level than last year, which I argued was his best season as a professional. I think he might have even been on a higher level this year. And so... Uh, things were things were moving in the right direction. Yep. This is not an injury anybody wanted to see. No. I don't care which side of the fence you sit on with Kirk Cousins. Nobody wanted this for this team because these decisions are now possibly going to shape 
the, not only the rest of this year, but maybe uh, the Vikings for the next three, four, five years. We'll see what happens. But, Todd, I'm interested in your take. Where, where do you want to see the Vikings go from here? Oh, man. I've been thinking about that ever since I saw the injury. I just don't know. I, I don't think that they can go to the outside. They don't have a quarterback that can win on the roster. Jaron Hall can't take them to the playoffs. Uh, or or whoever else it might be, Mullins, or or I think they brought back that guy they had the last couple of years who who uh, hardly ever plays either. Mannion. Yes, Sean Mannion. I think he's on the practice squad or something now, so he could be activated as well. Mullins got hurt without even playing, uh, injured his shoulder. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think you can trade for somebody, say like an Andy Dalton in Carolina, who's the backup there, or, you know, some other uh, veteran backup that'll come in and make uh, a difference in terms of being able to play at the level of Cousins, getting the Vikings to the playoffs and winning playoff games. I don't think there's anybody available like that for the Vikings. So, Or I think all they could do is bring in a guy who helps you win maybe you know a total, including the four they have already, of eight or nine games. Well, that's purgatory. You don't want to be in that. You either want to be bad or really good and make a run in the playoffs. So I think... For money, money right now, I probably would just play out the season with what they have on the roster. Uh, I, I don't think Jaron Hall is the guy, but, you know, I didn't think that Brock Purdy was either. Although, based on the last two weeks, maybe Brock Purdy isn't. Uh, but uh, based on how Hall, we didn't see him very much yesterday. I think I'd just roll with who they have on the roster right now. I don't think you can trade for a difference-making quarterback uh, by tomorrow's deadline. So you're not committing to either guy. You're saying just roll one of the two out there. So whoever. A similar yeah. Aaron. Right. I don't think it matters whoever they have on the roster now. Mullins can win a little bit. He did that with San Francisco, but he's injured. He's got a he's got a shoulder injury, so I don't know if he can play or not. I don't think the Vikings probably can put together uh, a deal quick enough uh, by tomorrow's deadline. To, well, who would make a difference? To, maybe Ryan Tannehill after we saw Will Levis throw four touchdown passes yesterday for Tennessee. But is Ryan Tannehill a guy who has shown that he can win playoff games or get a team? He can get a team to the playoffs, but he hasn't shown he can win them. He's also a guy who's more dinged up lately. So, I mean, there's your there's your options, really. I mean, uh, he or, or Andy Dalton or somebody of that ilk, it's secondary quarterbacks. and quarterbacks who are not as good as Kirk Cousins. So that doesn't make your team better. Well, I am, uh, I am, of course, using this as an opportunity for the Vikings to uh, see what they have. I would love to see them roll Jaron Hall out there every game from here till the end of the season. Yeah, fair enough. Again, I, I don't know that that's going to be a popular opinion, but I think that the Vikings have a chance to maybe take advantage of a rookie contract if the kid is any good. If he's no good and the team is mediocre, well, that was going to be the case anyways. If he's no good in the team kind of tanks, well, now you're setting yourself up for a viable top 10 draft pick. Any, in any regards, Todd, I'm also on the camp, and if anybody follows me on Twitter, they would see that I'm in the camp of maybe in three, four, five, six weeks, it's time to go to Cousins Camp and say, hey, how about a two-year deal for $42 million? Not taking it. Or for $38 million. Not taking it. Something like that. They're not taking that. Well, he might not. Daniel Jones just signed for $40 million a year. Cousins isn't going to sign for it. half of that. No way. Not I'm possible. Not, the only reason, Todd, is because of the injury. Yeah, but Again, he's going to... Again, continue risk on that. Yeah, he's going to come back from that. 
Kirk Cousins will not downgrade the money he's going to ask for this offseason by $1 because of this injury. I don't disagree with you, but if I'm the Vikings organization, that's how I'm attacking it. And then I'm looking thank you for all you did for us, whatever that was, one playoff win, yeah. and we're going to move forward with a high draft pick and we're going to take our chances. Yeah. The team is young. The team has some skilled positions. It's time, Todd. Yeah. It's time to move forward with possibly the next quarterback, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson isn't old. The line is gelling. They're not old. Things are looking pretty good for this squad right now. And yeah. I, I have to say, I didn't see that at the beginning of the year. It didn't look like this was going to be the case. Yeah, now we didn't. just got to find a guy better. I, I agree with you in, 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 in this regard. I think the Vikings will try to sign him. Uh, to some kind of an extension, but he is not going to take half the money that Daniel Jones has signed for. There's no way. He's still going to ask for, Cousins is going to look for four and 150 in that range, four and 160. He wants to sign one last contract. It's a risk now because we see that guys that once they have that first big injury, and this is Cousins' first big injury, sometimes it leads to more. So that being said, I agree with you that I think the Vikings will try and get him at discounted rate I don't think Cousins will take it. I think someone will give it to him that's out there, and I don't think you can necessarily rule out that that someone may be the San Francisco 49ers after this season uh, to get him to come over there. We know the relationship he has uh, with the head coach, uh, with the 49ers, and if Brock Purdy continues to show that he really was the last player taken in the draft for a reason, which he has shown in the last two weeks, if that continues this year... The Niners could certainly be in play uh, for Kirk Cousins uh, in the offseason. I, I honestly think that we have seen Kirk Cousins take his last snap as a member of the Vikings. Well, that's a very good point. I know San Fran really wants him, but then it comes down to dollars and cents, and they've committed a lot of money to their defense. Uh, they've committed a lot of money to some of these big-time wide receivers that they have and mm-hmm. to Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to defer his money deep, which he can do, right? You can... You can get creative with it and mm-hmm. defer it two, three years down the road. But are they willing to take that risk? I think we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. I'm not willing to take that risk if I'm Vikings brass, which I've been very critical of about this, that we've, we've taken too many risks, and therefore we've had to, to kick Thielen's money down the road, Kendrick's money down the road. And what ends up happening is you end up cutting them and you have dead money. I don't want to see the Vikings go through that again. We're in a great position to possibly – take on a rookie contract, and grow with that kid, if we can call him that. Hey, Todd, if Jared Hall is Brock Purdy, we'll take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Brock Purdy stinks right now. Yeah. But, man, he had a really good run there. He did. Maybe we could get some crazy Case Case Keenum type of a run. You know, Case Keenum's another guy who might be available. He's he's out there. He's probably can trade for him. Uh, He's somebody's backup somewhere right now, so... Uh, maybe they do have a reunion with Case Keenum. Who knows? Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. Uh, they have until tomorrow to figure it out. They have beyond that if they decide to take a guy off someone's practice squad, which Sean Mannion is uh, right now. So it's, it's a huge decision for this front office. Um, they've made some mistakes. They've made some good things. That's probably the yeah. case for, for every front office in the NFL. We just follow the Vikings more closely than, than anybody else. So I, it's the first time that I've ever been depressed after winning at Lambeau Field. Uh, <laughs> well, can I, can I ask you a question there? Yeah. What did you think of Jordan Love's performance, and where do you think the Packers are heading with him? I think they'll play him the rest of the year, 
And if they continue to lose games, they'll draft uh, one of these quarterbacks that's coming out after this year, and they'll move on from Jordan Love, I think, in the offseason. Well, I think they're to that point because you wasted all of his rookie years, A, He's been under, you know, he's been on the team for what? Is this his fourth year? Yes. Three years behind Rodgers. Yep. So you kind of know what you got. Um, you know, I, I, I would agree. I would give him this, though, Todd. Lots of dropped balls last week. Yeah, he didn't get yesterday. helped. Yeah, he didn't get Lots helped at all. Lots of dropped balls. Yep, yep. So I'm almost in the camp of Rodgers' first year after Favre wasn't, wasn't like the most glorious year the Packers have ever seen. Yeah. You just. I just never can trust the fact that the Packers are going to be bad for very long. Yeah. I would love to think that they'll be bad for, like, Detroit Lions long. But you never know with them. <laughs> they just seem to always resurface. And I'm not – I wouldn't give up on Jordan Love from what I saw. But I, I'm also with you in the fact that if they go a different direction, they know because they've had three years. Yeah. They just know he's not going to be that guy. Yeah, this is the fourth year. I, and I don't see him moving off of him during the course of the season, you know, what are they two and five now? I think they'll just play it out and see what happens. And, and, you know, the, the, the biggest thing on a quarterback is they have to be able to read defenses and pull the trigger quickly. And that doesn't appear to be Jordan Love. Now it isn't very many games that he's had experience wise so far. Maybe that gets better, but it tends to, you you usually can see that pretty early on in a quarterback's career, if they're able to process that information quickly, it doesn't appear as though that's Jordan Love, at least so far. Well, I hate to dwell too much on the Packers, but yeah, it was a huge win for the Vikes. It was fun to see us win in Lambeau. It's great to see them depressed. I can't wait to hear Carl Gerbschmidt and uh, what he has to say maybe later today. I'll try to get that on the radio. (laughs) Uh, Nothing better than beating the Packers, except for when you're... uh, when your franchise-type quarterback yeah, goes down, that's, yeah. uh, that's never a good deal. Yeah, a Pyrrhic victory, they call it. Uh, a, a win at too great a cost. And uh, so that's what the Vikings yeah. are dealing with now. So it certainly makes tomorrow's trade deadline interesting to watch for Vikings Ooh. fans. Uh, you know, so let's, let's see. It's certainly possible they could decide that they're not going to give up on the season, that they're going to go out and try and get as good a quarterback as they can find on the trade market and uh, and still try to make a run. Um, so that's that's certainly possible. Um, I think what will happen is they'll go with somebody they have on the roster now, but, but who knows? Uh, we'll find out yeah. here in the next 36 hours or so uh, exactly what's going to go on. Uh, the prep football, we're down to the section uh, championship games, and Bold is still alive. They'll get a rematch with Miniota. It seems like it's those two teams every year for the 5A championship. Should be a lot of fun Friday. Uh, how do you feel about going to the Fargo Dome uh, to play that uh, that section final? Uh, I don't feel great about it, I guess. It's a long drive. Um, yeah, it is, but I think it'll be a cool experience. Yeah. You know, so... So you got to throw that into play, and and again, um, I, I didn't hear that, Todd. I thought they're not playing in Marshall this year. Oh wait, yeah, you're right. Uh, no, I think that I think they are. Uh, I think they are playing. Uh, hold on, let me check it again here. Make sure I, I'm I not, thought it was still I'm not the, goofy. Uh, you're right. It's at Marshall. You're right. It's at Marshall. Uh, it's okay. BBE. I have BBE on my brain. Uh, they play at the Fargo Dome. So yeah, SMSU well, Marshall. I was just down there. Uh, that's a nice field. Good place to play. It is, and we love broadcasting there. You get to be in the warm booth no matter what the weather is. And, yep. uh, it's always a good time. I, I think uh, Evan and Joe will be on the call there. Miniota, I did have a chance to call the first time they played Miniota, and Todd, uh, they looked like a, um, a touchdown and a half better team. 
but I, I've always said bold coaches are some of the best, so um, it's going to be fun to see, and I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, that's right. Down there at Marshall, that's on uh, Friday, 4.30 uh, kickoff on that one. Uh, coming up on Friday, we'll have it over on on uh, Big Country. Uh, Timberwolves 1-1 one and one on the season. Uh, opening game of the year, uh, Chris Finch said the ball got sticky once the regular season began, and, and guys' numbers and their money attached to those numbers uh, is attached to the basketball. So it tends to go to guys, and they want to dribble and shoot, and that's what happened in the opening game for the Timberwolves. A little better uh, than in their victory against Miami, playing without Jimmy Butler, of course. So it's it's a win, but it's a win against a diminished team, a greatly diminished team, their best player I not watched, playing. So I watched both games, Todd, and I have to say I'm as excited as I was to start the year. Uh, we never play well in Toronto. I think it's 18 straight years that we've taken an L up there. Yep. The ball stuck. It looked like Jimmy Butler was back on the team, on our team, because remember when the ball stuck when he played? Yep. It was wait, dribble, dribble, one pass. And and there is one thing I'm worried about. Cat ain't getting his rebounds, and people are stealing them. And I think he's getting angry. Uh. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a problem because you just you just said that perfectly, Todd. Of stats, kind of get you the payment. Yep. And Carl ain't getting his stats. Now he did get paid. He shouldn't care. But I just think this the ego's too big for these boys. I think it's going to be trouble coming up here. Yeah, I, I hope not. I, I hope it isn't, uh, hey, Rudy's getting too many rebounds. You need to let me have a few of those uh, so I can build my numbers. I hope it doesn't get to that, but I don't have any evidence that it doesn't. It certainly looks like guys are numbers conscious in the NBA, doesn't it? I mean, how many times have oh. we seen guys intentionally miss short shots so they can grab a rebound to get a triple-double? They're aware of their numbers, and that's how they make their money. It's so bad, Todd, in the NBA. You're right. There's so many instances where they do these silly things or get an assist late when they should have just ran out the clock. I mean, just stupid stuff. But there's times where, like, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker or or, uh, Anthony Edwards are kind of taking what would normally be his rebound. Mm. And Carl's putting his hands up in the air kind of like, okay, you got it. I'm not happy about it, but you got it. And I'm watching this stuff from, uh, you know, from the couch, of course. And sitting here going, as people know, I've kind of voiced that I think Carl's probably got to go. I'm watching these things going, at what point is the ticking time bomb going to explode? Because it could. And we know with him, he's one technical away from really exploding and and losing his mind. Because he still gets the worst whistle in the NBA. He does. I don't know that he deserves it, yeah. but he gets a terrible whistle. Yeah, he does. No doubt about that. Hey, uh, Greg, thanks so much uh, for joining us again. Uh, Have a great day. Thanks, Todd. Have a good one. Greg Snow joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.